Hello and welcome back to the Get Stuck In podcast. We've been away for a little while and a couple of things happened whilst we were gone, you know, not that much. It was pretty quiet couple of couple of days. Uh obviously that isn't true. Obviously, probably what the biggest 72 hours in football like of my lifetime, but probably ever. Um, all the European Super League nonsense has gone down. We were gonna do a pod as it happened, but um we we just had some stuff to get done with uni and that and then we were like it's moving so quick let's let it all let's give it a few days to see what happens so now it finally seems to have calmed down the clubs the english clubs at least went in and came back out so all the top six in the prem have come back out uh chelsea were the first to come out chelsea had the first protest and we've because well, not because of that but we thought we'd get a guest on he's already been on the show so it's gonna be a slightly more uh, informal show with a le- bit less of a structure we're just gonna chat about the future of European football so we've got Harry on from a couple of weeks back the Chelsea fan if we just go straight in with you how do you feel uh basically about Chelsea's entire involvement in this process um first it's nice that you've got um, one of the saviors of football on (laughs) (laughs) were you there were you there at the protest I didn't know no I was not I was not at the protest (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) um but how did I feel about the involvement? I thought it was, to be honest with you, obviously it's just as disappointing as if you're Liverpool or Man United, in my opinion, because you're still kind of betraying the kind of aspect that, of the fan aspect, which is important. But, you know, it was it was kind of obvious that like Chelsea and City just kind of tagged along because they didn't want to miss out on, you know, you know, this crazy money that they were all going to get. Yeah. It wasn't unexpected, really. I think the six all pulled out. I think the only one we kind of... I mean, we, we took the piss out of basically Spurs because they have no real right. I mean, Everton have more right of being there than them. Um, yeah, um, Forest and Villa do as well. Forest, yeah, Villa. I have <laughs> titles weren't even in it. Not a league title since 1961. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but aside from, I think we all sort of, when the names came up, we weren't, we were disappointed, but not that surprised that, I mean, clubs of our size took this opportunity with venture capitalists in charge. I mean, it's not really that much of a surprise that they jumped um, thinking that this was a massive massive opportunity. And if it had gone through, it would have been. But that doesn't make it any less shameful. Um, it's a, it was an anti-competition proposition for me. Just completely mm. anti-competition. Where yeah, do I, mean, you stand, I, mean, I was going to say, where do you stand on, obviously their main idea was that fans want to see better games. Where do you stand on the idea of Real Madrid, Man City every week? I'm going to pull the wall over. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd say, if we weren't doing a pod, I'd say... I'd say <laughs> but honestly... I think, I, think we'd all, I think we'd all like to see Mason Mount strutting his stuff every week against, <laughs> against the European elite. But even, even, I can, even I can agree that, you know, obviously, of course, you, that element of competition is, is what makes it special. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. The fact that you can get like West Ham, you know, I think jamming their way to a little top four and uh, hopefully we'll beat them this weekend. But you can have that kind of those little success stories. I think that's, that's what makes it special. You know, that, that's what makes you really care about about it. It's not that you can see, you know, Real Madrid playing PSG every week, which, to be honest, doesn't get me that excited anyway, more than seeing it once because it's like. I don't exactly admire people like Perez and like the PSG owners. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and the values that they kind of go with. But I suppose it's a bit, you know, hypocritical coming from a Chelsea fan, but still. <laughs> I mean, he seems like the one Paris, just like, obviously they've been talking about certain clubs within the 12 for sort of the main pushes, but he seems like the guy that is just, him and the Juve guys at Agnelli, like they are just going for it. And he's just not, he's not letting it go even now. Like he keeps coming even- out. Even Laporta as well at Barca said he... he was... Well, yeah, this was... I was going to bring this up. What Have you seen that? Like, financial trouble. Once so they literally... I saw someone saying, like, he's the one owner who has an out. He can be like, I wasn't involved. Like, yeah. I kind of got here. The wheels were in motion. And then I think he's come out and basically said, like, yeah, it needs to happen at some point. And, like, <laughs> it kind of should have. So I feel like he's just shot himself in the foot, basically. But... um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I wanted to bring up something. Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher sort of became heroes to a lot of people in this in this little period of news. Whether you guys stand on on their role and everything, what did you what did you think of their call to call to action? Um, I like it. I mean, I mean, it is good that they called them out. I think there's obviously a bit of an issue with them working for Sky. Um, I yeah. think you pointed that out. It's quite a quite a big thing. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it certainly helps because they're two of the most, probably the two most recognisable figures at the moment um, in terms of punditry in English football. So they needed to call it out, to be quite honest, to get the sort of the wheels rolling, um, not only from a fan perspective, but to sort of discourage it at a sort of commercial level. Um, to say, like, I mean, did they both come out and say that they wouldn't work on it? I know one of them did. Carragher did, didn't he? Yeah, he said he wouldn't That's work. That's only because he was really asked the question. I think I yeah. think that Neville would have said the same thing. Yeah, so obviously there's a big issue in that they work for Sky, and Sky is, uh, is not in a good position when it comes to that. But... I think you appreciate the support they had for sort of the fan, the fan bases. Um, and they understand what it's like. I mean, they all grew up within and uh, they grew up within the academies of their clubs. They're all, they're both one club men. Um, and I feel like... Carragher's an Everton fan as well. Yeah, no, no, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> in, terms of his, in terms of his playing career, he's a one club man. Yeah, uh, just like Harry Kane, man. Yeah, he loves Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think you can only applaud them for, I mean, standing up to it. I, don't, I think if they'd taken the opposite stance, it probably would have gone ahead by now. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, I've seen all that stuff. Obviously, a lot of people talk about Sky and how hypocritical, hypocritical it is effectively talking about it ruined it money and involvement and all that things but I think yeah I think this is just I think a lot of been talking about sort of the lesser of two evils with all the UEFA stuff and the Super League but we've sort of said this is one of the bigger areas we want to come on to is this new Champions League format like that it is the lesser of two evils on paper like the Super League was so anti-competition but it's just so bad and I think isn't it Gundogan's come out now and yeah publicly said he does not want this and he wants people to get behind it. Do you think this wave of like football fans uniting behind the movement, do you think this will continue to affect this or do you think this Champions League format it's been put through now, do you think it is locked in? To, I think it's 2024 it's meant to come in. 
I think what's interesting, first of all, is that there seems to be, I mean, I, I think it's going to happen in that there's going to be a fan voice in each club on the board, on the board at some point, because, um, I mean, I already saw today the, um, I think it's Spion or Spion Cop, uh, 1906, I think it's the guys who do the banners at Anfield. Yeah, they sent an open letter to the Liverpool board, um, basically saying we want a member on the board, a fan, someone. Oh, um, yeah. same thing. Didn't I'm trying to do the same thing? Yeah, that meeting with um, Cronky, didn't they? Yeah, I think that you, you're gonna yeah. need if you're gonna move things the other direction, as much as obviously. The fan sport has destroyed the Super League. Let's, let's be clear about that. But to continue doing so is going to help if you have a system where clubs have fan involvement because we don't have any at the moment at the elite level in England. Um, and sorry, it was a question I went off on a tangent. <laughs> um, I don't know what the exact question is, but I mean, like you're kind of you're kind of talking about the fifty plus one rule, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is obviously in Germany, which if you, you don't know, is that. It, the commercial owner can basically only have like 49% and it has to be the fan vote is the 51. Um, the thing, I, I just don't have any hope for it. Like, obviously I have no information, but the events of this week, and I know there's loads of people have been talking about it, but there's all the quotes from Wenger the last 10 years where he's like, this is coming. It's just a case of when and not if. Yeah. They're going to try and break away. And I just think... You mentioned that Kroenke, I think he was at like a fan forum and people were very critical. They were outright saying like, we think what you did was awful. We want you out of our club. And he just kept spinning the PR consistently, just giving these responses, which literally meant nothing. He was just like, yeah, yeah no, we love and care about. And he like froze in, I said before the pod, he froze in a line about how fans like watching Arsenal play Stoke on a cold Tuesday night. And it's like, I hate watching Arsenal and Stoke. Stoke literally is Arsenal's rivals somehow for no reason. Like, they hate us and we hate them. So it's just like everything about it is like so obviously someone said, oh, if you chuck this in, it will really get some sway. And it well, just yeah. didn't land it, at all. And I just, well, yeah. I've seen I've seen the uh, the headline of, um, was it Josh Cronkit? Drunk? Yeah. Josh Cronkit, yeah. The uh, headline of, oh, there's big investment to come. I've yeah, seen that yeah. every year at Arsenal. Yeah. Headline every six months. Oh, there was a headline today about, I think, uh, Goldbridge put on Twitter, there was a headline about Ronaldo and United again. They're sticking these headlines out now. So just <laughs> everyone. I mean, yeah. Ronaldo it, on the Chelsea app, there's been like, a, there's usually like, you know, the gossip column on BBC yeah. and yeah. it's the, the classic thing, wake up, quick, look at the gossip column. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but they've been sending out all these notifications like Blues linked with midfielder, you know. And it is, and if you look on the app and stuff, it is distracting fans, which is which is kind of my worry that that you know that people just think, oh, this is a victory for football, rather than everyone still staying together yeah. and uniting against the fact that UEFA really are almost just as bad. Well, they are. Yeah. And um, you know, if people just think this is a victory and that's it, is I just think you need to you need to keep on it, and you know keep you know moderating how, how it happens you know yeah i feel like we should explain the new champions league format just so well it's it's 36 teams isn't it instead of the normal 32 i think all in one league top eight qualify for the quarterfinals i think and then they do the knockout from there yeah and then you have automatic places for those that don't qualify in their league 
So like Liverpool finished like seventh to mid. Well, have you have you seen this? So I I this is still bad. Um, so when it first came out, I think the way it was mainly explained was basically that isn't there two wild card spots, which is basically the teams with the highest coefficient points who don't qualify. Um, apparently it is actually not that this is any better, but you have to qualify for the Europa League or the Conference League. So if you finish like 10th, you yeah. won't get in. So you do still need to qualify for Europe and you almost get like bumped up. But like, it's still awful. It still completely defeats the point of trying to qualify. And I think some people are saying that like, if you can get rid of those places, I think we talked about this before, I just think it's laughable that they call them wild card when it literally means... <laughs> get Money the same bro. people in every time yeah yeah it's literally like a basketball that's yeah. literally what it's like yeah. with the top six and the and the quarterfinals and all that yeah. garbage you know what i mean no it is it's like a it's like having two conferences or one conference and yeah top, top eight make the playoffs and then you you get to the finals Except yeah i mean that wild card thing though like to me if you said right we're having the champions league there's a wild card that means you're just going to chuck in Burnley for no reason. You're just going to be like, here's a Burnley, whoever. <laughs> like, it's a proper, why is he in there? This is sick. Not Liverpool got eighth. Let's yeah, it should be it's like, so dumb. you use like tennis, for example, they chuck in wildcards for ranking like players that yeah. are way low down. Like Wimbledon will chuck in a few British players every year that yeah. are like way lower down on the ranking so they can play. Oh, it yeah. should be like that. You gotta, you gotta add teams that don't quite make it, but they've got a, they've done really well. Mm. Like Southampton when they finished seventh a couple of years ago, or who fin- Wolves who finished seventh. Yeah. Like, I've got an interesting question. Um, so obviously you mentioned there's 36 teams now, and there's like mm. a different format. Do you know how many extra games a season there are? Hundred, uh, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred extra games a season to fit in. Uh, to be honest, I'm already a little bit bored this year. Like yeah, I, it's the first time in a while that I've been like. Yeah, this is something I, w- I want to mention as well. Actually, you know, Gundogan we mentioned put out saying it's so much for the players, which obviously I think that's been a thing for the whole pandemic. Is like no one seems to care about the well-being of the players. <laughs> I was listening to some podcast and he said he's kind of joking, but he's kind of not. There's like energy for fans as well. Like you cannot keep up with how much football has gone on through some of this pandemic. There have been weeks where there's games where I'm like any like a year ago i'd watch all of these and you just cannot keep up and now they're like we're gonna add more now we're gonna make it three games in an international break like it's just i remember so saturated now. Part of the season when we had the carabao cup as well mm. there was a game at least premier league fa cup or league cup on every day until about november yeah. every day like yeah monday to sunday yeah. oh, yeah. that was ridiculous yeah <laughs> I remember when they announced, do you remember, I don't know how long it was going, maybe like two years, when they announced there was going to be Friday games in like mm. a year or two's time. And I was like, that's crazy. Every week, now, I mean, it's Friday we're recording this, Arsenal playing tonight against Everton. Like every single week, there's a game every day. And I'm like, you just check your phone. You're like, oh, there's randomly just Southampton, Everton. Oh, yeah. what's that? And it's just, I forgot I mean, the Super League stuff going on, but I forgot Brighton and Chelsea were playing. <laughs> I completely forgot and I saw it the next day and I was like oh that's a good result for us <laughs> so I was like oh, okay we were never going to win that game no I didn't think you were going I to I, I was, was quite sh- fun, to be I was quite shocked that Liverpool were winning when, up until the 86th minute I thought we were I thought we were destined to draw and we did so mm. yeah. nearly, nearly got away with it 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we did nearly get away with it. We were shocking second half. But yeah. Should we uh should we talk about another big talking point from this now now that the clubs are back in or at least backed out of this new project? The punishment or lack of a punishment for these teams. I think I just saw a news article before we got on. Apparently UEFA aren't gonna punish yeah. any of them. What a surprise. Wait and see wait and see what the Premier League do, but where do you stand it? Do you think that do you think point deductions and things like that should come into it? I think so. I'm not having a. I like. I know. I'm happy to say it as a Liverpool fan. I think we should all take some. Mean this season or next season? Either or. Don't really care. Probably in that. Probably next season. I don't know. Tends to be what happens, but I think. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the fines. I don't think points deductions are a good idea because you end up punishing the the players and the yeah, manager. I'm not having that. The amount of teams that get punished down the EFL for the the slightest financial issues or the slightest issue in general. Like yeah. they got twelve point deduction at the start of this season. I can't remember what it was for. Yeah, Wigan got one last year, and that got them relegated after finishing about fourteen. Yeah. So I'm not having it. It's it's one. Either you just you don't do it, or yeah, it can't be one rule for the elite teams. It's just then playing into the European Super League argument, in my opinion. Yeah. See, I I, I think there should be. I think I would. I think there should be deductions. I think the only reason I would argue. I think you are right. I think it would be a case of like the elite and non-elite if they didn't. But I think the only argument you could maybe have is like it was quite a conscious decision from the owners. Whereas like a lot of the clubs that have been done for like bad finances, even though they're bad owners, they probably weren't like planning for that to happen. Like it kind of comes about and they probably didn't deal well. But like this was like the owners being like, and also, it's just it's just a different. It's like it's um it's like unprecedented, isn't it? But yeah, I I I think, I mean, the thing for me is I'm in a bit of a luxury spot because it doesn't matter for us because we've been awful. So if we, unless it's such a big ban, uh, such a big deduction, we get relegated, which I don't think. It, I hope it wouldn't be Liverpool, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea in the, in the championship. Yeah, match. but like I'm sure Man City fans are probably thinking definitely like, oh please don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we should, but I have to say I don't think it will. I think it is that elite thing. I don't think it's such. Yeah, I don't think they'll get. I don't think they'll get points deductions. Mm. But it, uh, but no, I just find it a bit awkward. This, you know, the whole thing. You know, um, how much disproportionately it affected the players and the managers as opposed to yeah. the owners. This whole thing, and I think, yeah. and I think that I, don't, I just, I just don't think we should lose the fact that the the players. The players and the managers are, you know, are pretty much innocent in this. Like, you can't say to them, "Oh, don't accept the two hundred k wages." You know what I mean? Of course, they're going to say yes to that. I think we've got to find a way to limit the uh, the owners because they, they are the ones who made the decision. Like, you know, John, whatever John Henry his name is, or something like that, and his little gilet and all that sort of thing. And uh, <laughs> he needs to be punished, and as as do the Glazers. It's just finding a way where you can actually do that as well. I think that's maybe the the way to go. We're going to go down that route is with all sort of punishments within the Premier League and the EFL. You're looking at punishing the owners solely if it's them the one that have made the mistakes. The punish the board, punish the owners, but don't punish on the pitch. Yeah, a fine or a uh, something something that will affect the owners solely. And that probably. Yeah. But the issue is a lot of these owners have so much money, any fine is not yeah. Really yeah. so that's the uh, that's the flip side of it. Um but I'll take your point with it. But I, maybe I, just go in so strong so it just doesn't happen again. 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, that's the other thing. Like, if you properly go in hard, yeah, proper deterrent, um, you can maybe see these owners not even thinking about it because they these guys, these owners just don't understand how football works in general, in terms of the sort like the soul of football. I don't yeah. like, to sort of like, like that, but fans to me seem very different within football than they do in a lot of sports, especially American sports. American sports franchise-based, no relegation, no promotion, and they've tried to do that here. Um, and it's not just American owners, it's all, all the owners. Um, and it's just, they don't understand how fans band together, whether it's in South America, whether it's in Europe, or whether it's in another footballing country. Um, and I just don't, I don't think they expected the reaction they got because well, I, I was going to bigger reaction. On yeah, did you see? I think it was the Brighton chief executive, mm. not hundred percent. One of the chief executives there, like a meeting with all of all the others, and he, I think he said Daniel Levy, but I could be wrong. It was one of the top six involved ones said to him that basically they didn't expect this bad a reaction. He was like, "Yeah, we just didn't think it was going to be this bad." Like he, I guess he just thought people would go on board with it. But I saw someone else just quoting like a general quote that was like, people saying, you know, their their owners, they're these billionaires, like they're going to be very clever and very switched on. But like, it's kind of baffling at how much they overlooked this. Like this surely had to get like the fact none of the managers knew, none of the players knew. Apparently. Boris Johnson wasn't aware of it, which we talked about before. Now there's this story he's met with Ed Woodward and stuff like that, but it just seems so badly planned for something that what it had three and a half billion behind it, yeah. and they didn't think the fans would go. No, I don't like that. <laughs> the press release looked like Three. it was done by a ten-year-old. Genuinely, <laughs> yeah. the little logo in the corner looked like some look just trash, garbage. Yeah, like it was so badly planned. Like, like. Apparently, well, all the players and stuff only found out on the Sunday, and it was just like, um, and then suddenly they're, they're all wheeled out in front of the press. There's all this yeah. fan outrage, and it's like, oh, Jurgen Klopp, what do you think of what do you think of the fact that everyone doesn't like this, but you can't really say that you don't? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and they're expected just to just to be like, yeah, cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was so badly planned. Yeah. No. I think that was um, one of the things I watched. I watched Arteta's press conference on it, and I was quite surprised at how, like, obviously he wouldn't. He's kind of con- contractually obliged to not speak out against the owners that much. But I was quite surprised when he was asked about the there's sort of a planned protest tonight outside the ground. He was quite sort of yeah, fans have the right to do whatever they want to do. He's quite supportive of it. Like it came across very, and obviously he could, that could be sort of to get on fans' good side. But I think you're seeing that, like people talk about Klopp's reaction and all, a lot of the managers and players, I think a lot of the Liverpool players came out posting things. I think they really are like saying as much as they can say, which is a credit to them because it would be easy to just be like, I'm going to keep quiet on this and kind of let yeah. what happened happen. So, yeah, it's all just a bit of a bit of a mess. Really. was a bit like that. He was a bit disappointing, to be honest. Um, yeah. When- came and spoke about it he was kind of, but at the same time you've got to also think that like this guy he's he's in the hot seat at a team which just sacks their manager whenever they want to you know <laughs> yeah. I mean? like so 
I've, I have no doubts that if he would have spoken up, he would have got the immediate sacking <laughs> yeah. just straight away. Like the, the camera cuts off, breaking news, Tuchel is sacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, and I think, you know, Klopp has a lot more power. So I think that, you know, he could kind of say that it's, you know, a bit crap and, and not just get immediately well, the thing in is, the trouble. Thing is, um, with Klopp is that if he left and they, everyone knew it would be because of the owners, there would be... <laughs> it would be bigger than the Super League. Yeah. yeah. He's Liverpool. They would, they would need more than just a bloke in a gilet Klopp coming out of reading. Of, he's, he's not... <laughs> like, Klopp in terms of like figures within Liverpool is is getting to like Paisley, um, Shankly level in terms of not yeah. not in what they he like built, but in terms of just the the adoration he has from fans. I, I like so I think if he if he was forced out, it's like with Abramovich. No one there's not that connection between I don't think between like that sort of those sort of managers because you ch you change your manager so often I just don't think it's the same well the only manager he had it was was Lampard and then that, and that's why it was yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. that's why it was and then he just got sacked when we had 10 bad games I mean fair enough the sack looks maybe a good decision now we're going to be champions of Europe in a couple of weeks time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but yeah I know I, I totally I totally get your point I think I think it was difficult for the players and the managers to kind of come out and actually say something you know they are obviously under contract their employees and stuff yeah that was i was going to bring up as well you know earlier on you mentioned like putting out these transfer stories and stuff like that to try and distract biggest distraction technique of them all which we haven't even mentioned Mourinho is gone oh. that was just we were talking before about how like how crazy the 72 hours were you're just refreshing and there's a new thing like this person said this they've left the eca I'm just going through like, okay, this is pretty mad Super League stuff. And then it's just Mourinho's been sacked and then it was gone. And it was like, I even, I watched them on the night football and they were like, there is Liverpool Leeds tonight. Mourinho's been sacked, but we're not going to talk about it. And it's just like, it's unreal. But I didn't even clock for about a day that it's the Carabao Cup final, like this week. So it's obviously a huge call and supposedly it's purely unrelated from the Super League. Where do you guys think? I mean, it, it, you could ask, was this a success? This move for Tottenham that a lot of people criticised. Clearly, I don't think it has been. Um, what, what do you make of it? Do you think it was a case of get him out before he wins the Carabao? What, the, the Mourinho experiment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I think it was also. I've got to say, it was. Did you see the video of him outside his house unloading the pictures? Yeah, the yeah. Pictures? Yeah. lifting all these <laughs> that was so good I loved it, it I, I did find it amazing that Mourinho getting sacked was the not the not the most important not even the second but the third most important story on the day yeah. when there was the Super League the Champions League reform and then Mourinho was the, was the yeah. least important but I did think it was a I think to be honest I don't think it's entirely surprising that they sacked him before the final I don't even think it's a bad decision and I know that you say oh, you hire Mourinho to come in and win the trophies. But I'm not going to lie. I doubt when they appointed him, they said, let's win the Carabao Cup. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not It's not like you win the Carabao Cup and it's all great. Like, we've watched yeah. months and months of garbage football 
and like <laughs> disappointing performance after disappointing performance. And now he's won the Carabao Cup. We're all going to be like, great, great finish to the season, lads. You know what I mean? How likely do you think it is Ryan Mason left the trophy and is where it'll be a second he's game? He's years older than us. <laughs> He's seven years older than us. To think, lads, in seven years you could be lifting the Carabao Cup. <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see Harry managing Chelsea. Yeah, no, I'll be managing Lewis FC, mate. I'm switching teams to my local. <laughs> How do you guys see that cup final going? Do you think Man City? I mean, Man City have been on the ropes recently. I mean, it was Lee. Was it Leeds two weeks ago? Every game more recent, yeah. The oh, they won this week, they won this weekend, but they it's got shaky, uh, you know. John Stone's red card. I was talking to my flatmate about this. Uh, is it a whole domestic ban now? Because we were saying we think it's changed now so that it doesn't count. Because they, no one said, Oh, John Stone's is out the cup final, so is it only Premier oh, League yeah. now? I, I think it's that, we weren't sure. Mm. Not sure about that actually. Should we just look up? Will John Stone's be banned? Uh, no, he is definitely banned for the final. Is he? Yeah, he's definitely banned for the final. Yeah. I'm not going to predict who's going to win that game because last time yeah, I was dude. saying, oh, listen back to the pod after Juve, were, Ronaldo was going to score a hat-trick against Porto, <laughs> so I'm not going to do uh, predictions again. <laughs> I, yeah, I won't go for a scoreline, but I think I do think Man City. I mean, we uh, stories came out as well that Kane missed training today, having not played the, their game the other day against Southampton, so... We, we're, we're all in sort of agreement, though. He's probably going to get put out on that pitch, even if he is half a leg. But I just don't think it's going to happen for them. I hope it doesn't. But I don't... I mean, even if, even if it does, like you say, like, one, you don't want to win the Carabao. Like, it's obviously the trophy you don't want to win for anyone, like, of, of all of them. But I think for Tottenham especially, because that's the only one they've won recently, or somewhat recently, it's kind of like people will be like, okay, you won, but it was only that. Like, for them, I reckon they definitely wanted something bigger to kind of put those um, demons to rest, but that'll be a good game. Um, you think Spurs are going to win? Yeah, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say Alvaro and Son 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alvaro fix. He's quite often not fit this season. How you check he's actually fit? I uh, hear a dire <laughs> screamer, mate, to win it outside the box free kick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no chance I'm predicting a uh, City win I think they'll respond after that Chelsea FA Cup semi-final um, yeah I mean that was that's actually a good, good thing to mention I, I've i got another Chelsea friend I was messaging before it and I was saying Man City are weird in these obviously they, they basically owned the Carabao Cup but the FA Cup I think they've won a couple but obviously Arsenal have won quite Who's a few in there like under Pep, I think they've won. Under Pep, I think they've won one. I think they've won two sort of recently. But we, um, we've beaten them in two semi-finals, and both of those times, obviously, they were way better than us on paper. They do just have this thing in semi-finals of the FA Cup specifically to sort of falter, and it came to fruition for you, Harry. What did you? How how do you see this FA Cup? Because uh, I saw some people saying that last year when you lost the final. Chelsea fans were playing the it's just the FA Cup card. Are you of that of that thought process or are you are you yeah it's a trophy, it's the FA Cup, you want it? I mean of course. I think I think of all the domestic cup competitions, I have the Carroll Cup and the FA Cup, you'd definitely rather have the FA Cup, wouldn't you? But at the same time, you don't just want to be 
a little cup team that bounces in the <laughs> FA Cup. You want to be a team that, you know, is is in the top ends of the league, who's, you know, going the distance in the Champions League and looks like a very possible chance of winning that, I think. Um, <laughs> but no, I will not be... The FA Cup is now suddenly an amazing trophy. If we, <laughs> I still, I, I do still, I still want us to be um, fighting on other fronts. So, um, but Chelsea played well against City. I thought they did a, thought they had a really good game plan, but City were That's also true. pretty disappointing. Trophy, apart from, I feel like apart from the Carabao, if you win one of the other trophies, you've had a good season. Like you picked up a picked up a trophy, you've done something. Yeah, I, I think, I think, Outside. I think it's a good season, but you, you don't want to get into that habit of. No just being content with it's you know this works for Arsenal especially you don't want to get in this you don't want to get in the habit of of being like right top four and the FA Cup or the FA Cup is a is a is you know and that's it you want to be pushing pushing more do you know what yeah. I mean and that's probably the frustration with the Arsenal owners is that it's like they're always two players away from being a top team but they only ever get one and then mm. you know leave it at that <laughs> Mate, they never even get one. Pepe's <laughs> well, just been a brilliant signing as well, isn't he? Nah, mate, he's, nah, he's picking up. But um, he's been picking up for a year and a half. <laughs> nah, mate, mate, you talk about that. I had a, just a, just because I I'm not gonna allow this slander. I was talking to my <laughs> flatmate, he's a Liverpool fan, about Naby Keita. He is not coming good. Like he's he was like. He was like, ne- no, 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 next year, next year. And I was like, mate, I've been there with Jack Wilshire, with no, like, Sturridge at Liverpool. So many players, yeah. it's just a shame. I don't know. Look, I think he's good, but no, no, the right, injuries right, are going right. to kill him. It's not, it's not, you gave good examples there in terms of Sturridge and Wilshire. When Cater plays and he gets a few games on his belt, you can see it's there. He plays well. But he's if just, he's fully fit next year, gone. would you play him over Thiago? If he's what? If he's fully fit all of next year, him or Thiago? Oh, God, it's not the best choice between the two, is it? I don't know. Curtis Jones. Play Curtis Jones instead. Curtis Jones, I prefer Curtis Jones, to be honest. But um, Kate, uh, for your best your best ability, uh, quality is your availability. You've got to be available. That's why Wine Album has been so invaluable for us. And it's going to be a big loss when we lose in this season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Kate is Kate is a prime example of a player who's got the talent, um, but just he just can't stay on the pitch. I mean, he finished what he was, he finished second a couple of times in um, Bundesliga Player of the Year behind Lewandowski, and he was in the Bundesliga. So he's got the talent. I mean, oh yeah, no, I rated him at Leipzig, and they joined you, and I yeah. rate him. <laughs> oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> he just he's just it's so injury prone. That's the issue. You can't get. Yeah, it. no, it is a shame, but I was just. I yeah. was not having it for my flatmate. I remember. I remember when he joined. It was like, oh, he's better. He can be better defensively than Kante, and also contribute attacking. And <laughs> yeah, that's just a really dodgy Chelsea fan forum, but... Yeah, of course <laughs> it is, mate. Yeah, but but um, I, I did see obviously when he played against Real Madrid, he was so bad. He had to get hooked off at half time, putting out. Yeah, half time. Yeah. Tell you what, I'm not having that. <laughs> I'm not having that because he was actually our most lively. <laughs> Builder. They only took him off because there was no balance. He actually played the best in midfield for that first 45. He was just running. He was just running like a headless chicken. Any, any move into the final third in that first half, everyone else was rubbish. <laughs> we picked a pretty bad guess to get on that because pretty much everything's rosy for Harry at the moment in Chelsea. We're an absolute mess and you're, no, we're not even on, doing that bad. you're on the border of a mess if you don't get top four. 
Not even that much of a mess, to be honest. Champions to Europa League in one year. Oh, no big deal, yeah. It's a terrible (laughs) season for you, man. We'll win the Prem next year if we get all our players back. Do you think? Wow. What a... Do you think you're going to sign anyone? Say everyone's say Van Dyke. Obviously, Van Dyke yeah. will be back. Uh, Adam's going. Assuming everyone else stays, maybe you'll lose one of the front three. Where do you think you you want to see improvement? Well, moves, well, we're maybe. going to sign a centre back. It's going to be Canate or Kabak. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a striker coming in, and there'll be. I imagine he's going to bring in someone. Unless do you, think there, do you think there's going to be a striker, as in a new first team or a backup? No, a first team player, player capable of stepping in. Because yeah. they need to be. I mean, Firmino does good. I mean, we saw against Madrid, and Firmino does a good role. He worked better against Madrid than Jota did because he can hold up the ball really well yeah. and pass out of that sort of 10 position. But um, there's going to be, he's going to bring a forward in then, let's say. It doesn't matter who it is because it needs a bit of a refresh, let's be honest. Um, and then he, I'd be surprised if he didn't bring in a midfielder just because one arm's going and he needs someone who's going to be there who hasn't got yeah. any forward. Um, He's looked a bit off the pace, one out him, I think, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he didn't play. He played pretty well against Madrid, but I, I get what you mean. But to be honest, I don't blame him. He plays every blimmin' game. He plays more games than anyone in the team. Like he's played. Every, I think. I think he's. I don't. I think I can remember like once he hasn't started this season. So yeah, it does. It shows how much the management and the club side value players like Naby Keita, doesn't it? That do anything but play him. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Like, if you can't stay on the pitch, you, it's your best quality. You have to be available. Yeah. Um, H- Harry, how about, how about you? Do you think, I mean, Chelsea are just off the back of a transfer ban where they could only spend the £100 million or so. They then got out of the transfer ban and basically broke the market. Do you think, <laughs> do you think they're going to go back in again this summer? And oh, what a surprise. Where do you want to see investment in your, your, your team? I don't know. I, I, the kind of the investment thing does kind of just gross me out at the minute. We've just had like money just flying around so much, like, but but like, mm-hmm. but from like an actual on the pitch point of view, um, I think there's going to be quite a few players that are going to leave. Um, yeah. Like you know, Jorginho has been chatting up about how he wants to go, and like um, Alonso or Alonso or Emerson will go, you know, and one of the three centre backs will go. Um, uh, Abraham's gone. Oh, yeah, it's a shame about Abraham going, to be honest. I think that's the only area where I haven't really been happy with Tuchel. We didn't really give him a chance. He's still our top scorer. Where do you think yeah. he's a good fit? Because I've seen a few names floating around. Brighton. Bring him downtown Brighton. Bro. I think he's too good for Brighton. I really do. I think he's a good. There's a really good player in there. I think West Ham yeah. would do well to get him. really at Brighton, though. I think he'd be so good in that system. I think I, we were... I don't know if I was listening to something about this or talking to someone about it, but we were talking about this Tammy Abraham thing, and it's like... A lot of Premier League teams have their striker like fairly settled right now. Like mm. Leicester have got Inacho Vardy. I think Southampton could be an option if Ings goes, which is talked about. But I think in terms of wanting a striker, you've got Brighton who have this XG joke that they just need a goal scorer. But I think West yeah. Ham is just such a shout. Like they've tried to buy a striker for so long now, and Antonio's done a good job. But especially if they are challenging for top four, like staying in London, I do think West Ham. I think Probably West Ham is perfect for him, perfect yeah. level as well. I think he's too. I'd be honest. I think he's too good to play for a team like Southampton or kind of, you know. I think he's he's a player who is almost good enough um, to be challenging. You know, a striker challenging for those kind of higher positions in the table. 
he's almost there. It just needs a whole season of getting 20 goals, which I think he's got in him. So, yeah. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see. That, that'd be good. Hopefully, we'll buy a striker as well soon. So, do you think there's an? I don't think this will. Really, I don't think this will happen. But a lot of talk about Arsenal strike situation with Aubameyang dropping and Lacazette maybe leaving and Kay is leaving. Do you think if he? I don't think it will happen. But if he made the move to Arsenal, do you think? How would you think your fans would see him? Do you think they would sort of be like, "Yeah, you didn't have your chance." Fair enough. I'll be. I'll be honest. I think that. I think that you've with with an academy player. Um, I mean, personally, from my point of view, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, I would prefer if he didn't go to a rival <laughs> club. You really would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because he, he's good enough to, 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 you know, come bite you back in the arse. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Like him do a winner and do the Jogba celebration. I can just see it now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, like he did when he scored in that 2-1 game when we played you a while ago. That was Great, a joke, by the way. Uh, that um, but I wouldn't want to see him go to, I wouldn't want to see him go to a rival. But, you know, when you have, that academy players, you do want to see them do well, and I think he's been unfairly treated. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him if he, if he kind of went to um, another team in the Premier League and did well, just preferably not scoring yeah. last minute winner against us next is season. There any, is there any talk on like Giroud? Like, is he expected to stay another year? I mean, I don't know. I don't. Um, he just seems to hang yeah. around, and then for about ten games a season, he's unplayable. Yeah, and then he goes he's, again, <laughs> comes back he's in clear, a bit. He's, they clearly don't really want to, don't really want him there. But he played mm-hmm. well enough to get, get another year contract and think that he might get a bit, a bit of a look in. But he's not really getting. They're really enjoying this kind of false nine with Havertz thing and and Werner on the big games against the high line and then Ziyech or Mount or whatever. So Havertz played at Leverkusen, wasn't it, in the latter part of last year? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, I watched. I watched a lot of the Bundesliga when it came back, and I really liked Havertz in that. False yeah, role, he's so improving a lot. Yeah, which one game he didn't play well in his last one, I think, but he played really well in one game. As well. Alice, he scored, was that? Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he, awful, he, but... He, he nearly scored some Burkamp goal, like it was coming over yeah. his shoulder, flicked it over, <laughs> and it was so close. You know what I mean? Um, but ho- hopefully, it'll come good. You know, the 70 million would eventually not yeah. be down the drain. You don't want another Pepe kind of thing. You want to. <laughs> You want an attacking player who contributes on the pitch in the top leagues, not just um, against in the in the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> um, just you know, going to ignore that. I'm not going to rise to it. Um, obviously, we've covered quite a lot. I think our feelings are all pretty clear on the on the European Super League, as with pretty much everyone in football. I don't think I saw a single tweet. I'm sure there are people out there, but I don't think I saw a single tweet that was seriously like in it. The only ones in favour were bots. <laughs> it was <laughs> bots in people's <laughs> I see it. It was just the same messages. And it was like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, it's a good thing. Okay. Sure. Do we, yeah. we want to cover anything else? I think we've done, obviously, the new format. I think, so we're basically as well, we're saying new format is not good. We don't like no, it. No, bad. Do you think it's likely? I think we did briefly touch on this, but what, what do you think the chances are it gets changed at least? I, I think there needs. Look, it's quite clear that the top clubs are in a lot of debt, especially in Italy, Italy and Spain, and they need to find more ways of being able to fund, you know, these crazy wages and big transfers. Um, but it's just finding a way to do that in a way that it doesn't compromise the values of competition and sport and stuff like that. Um, and stuff that we think is important about football. So I think that inevitably there will be 
changes and I think there will be a lot of changes that we don't like um but but the, the reality is like you know teams like Real Madrid and Barca are in like millions hundreds of millions of pounds of debt so Klopp's uh spoke this morning I'll quote it so he spoke to UEFA he basically said he didn't like it spoke to them for an hour about the new Champions League and he said there's basically 10 more games how are we going to fit them in and the only people who ever who never get asked are the coaches players and supporters and we're already on the edge which I think is fair enough yeah what everyone's thinking about it so yeah I'd be surprised if more managers don't speak. I know Klopp is notorious for speaking up against the schedule but I think I'd be surprised Pep if will yeah Pep, Pep should Pep was quite good in the whole situation to be fair and they're the ones that really that really matter as well I think what Angelotti said about the um, American American thing about the, uh, them trying to make the Super League was quite good he said that in America there's more entertainment than sport but in Europe we live with a passion of the result it's true football now is sport and business but you have to take into consideration both not only business because football's a sport first so you've got to think about the other kind of other stakeholders and like it's not just the owners and the guys who are in debt but also the fans and what Klopp was saying all the managers and players need to be actually like asked about it rather than just bam you know because that 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 um the reform to the Champions League wasn't it introduced on the back of the Super League thing while it was all happening it was it was introduced before but the sort of like confirmation of it was around the same time I think yeah, and it was just kind of like they were using it all as bargaining chips and like, you know, oh, actually quickly all implementing it so the top six don't all piss off, do you know what I mean, or don't all go away. Um, so it did kind of feel a bit like, a yeah. bit disappointing. You're away from FIFA, trying to take the moral high ground. I mean, come on. give me Yeah, a FIFA especially for me. I, I don't, like, yeah, they're the worst. Yeah. But it was also on that weekend um, that it was meant to be the anti-racism stuff. Yeah, um, what Patrick Bamford brought in, where he said after the mat after the Leeds Liverpool game was really good, but it was like that whole weekend was meant to be this big anti-racism thing, and um, and and they released it on that day about, and then it just like completely undid all the work that they've been doing, yeah. saying like oh you know all the work anti-Semitism stuff Chelsea are doing in the community stuff. It just was like you know suddenly an, an example of the fact that they're not listening to people. So. Mm. Yeah, I think Aubameyang, I don't know if you saw, <clears throat> briefly sort of came off Twitter because I think he posted something. I saw his tweet. I think there was a thing about, he posted something in the day. There was one thing about like gaming, I think. But then there's another thing about um, racism, effectively. And people were like, why aren't you talking about the Super League? Why aren't you standing up to it? And he was just like, look, the Super League's important. Football's, getting football back is important, but racism is like such a bigger thing and i even saw this joke tweet which is just oh, really i saw it that was, was it like what's the bigger issue or something and it was like oh no if you get rid of one of them what would it be super league var or racism which is just like it's just absurd to think that people can like even yeah it was an actual legit as well yeah it's sad though because you can see how much action and outrage is provoked by this super league mm. especially another yeah. thing with wrong with uefa was the fact that that thing with the get 10 game ban for the player who racially yeah, playing yeah. Kamara and it was like what so you're going to do a 10 game ban for racism player but players yeah. who don't want to play in your league are going to never play in the yeah. World Cup or in their you know yeah. competitions it's just mm. like complete disparity of like you know treatment yeah yeah 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's been a good podcast, I think. Yeah. A lot to cover. Uh, heavy week. I think it's good because I think I saw a lot of people doing emergency podcasts on the day all the news came out and they all gave their opinion and were going crazy at the clubs and then like obviously they're still in the wrong but then the next day they were like oh we've got to do an emergency podcast and talk about how it's gone back yeah. so good to let everything happen um hopefully we've got a good few years now where this whole super league business can stay away but honestly who knows at the moment Harris will be back he will be back well he'll be waiting <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and um, but it's good. It's good that you got a Chelsea fan on as well, because Chelsea were the saviors. Uh, I mean, yeah, we've saved football with a chance outside Stamford Bridge. (laughs) I don't want to sort of like make a competition, but I don't know if you saw the poll of percentage of clubs fans who disagreed with the decision. Yeah, Arsenal had like five percent agreed with it. It was five no five percent agreed with it, and then. Do you see this? Juventus, 52% of fans agreed with it. Oh, and then, like, <clears throat> basically oh. everyone else was about the 20s. But the point is, Arsenal. And you've got to bear in mind with that, one, it's respectable regardless. We're the ones who need it the most. Like, we're the one <laughs> you could do with some financial security of being in Europe. And even then, you know, it's all about class. That's the thing with Arsenal. Yeah, to be fair, it should have been, oh, it should have been, it. It should have been Leicester, and, Leicester and Forest in instead of Arsenal and Tottenham. So. <laughs> yeah, mate, <laughs> mate, final thing to turn the pod on. All it took was Arteta two years to get us back to the European elite. <laughs> That's all that matters. That's all that matters. But um, yeah, we'll end it there. It's been, it's been really good having Harry back on. Hopefully something big happens in football in the next few weeks that isn't quite as bad, but we can still talk about it and get one Harry thing, back one on. One thing before we go. The parting... Um, Executive Vice Chairman Ed Woodward was involved in plans for Super League from day one, says Premier League Club Chief Executive. Yeah, this talk that he was sacked because he didn't agree, he left because he believed in the football pyramid and hated it. Everyone was just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, then. Come on. The players just gave him, the, they had to sacrifice someone. Yeah, they, they, they threw him out as well. I mean, Harry, you said before we were talking about, I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of annoying he's gone though because technically it's a good thing for United fans and you're, you're completely right. Someone else just as bad or worse is going to yeah. come in. There'll be some worm kind of slime into yeah. that sort of position again, do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically things aren't good for the top six. Um, but if anything more comes of it, we'll, we'll be out with another podcast talking about it. But like I said, hopefully that's the last last of that for a while. Uh, like I said, thanks for coming on, Harry. We'll be back next week. We'll be back to having a final, a, a new guest on and asking him the football story questions. So thanks a lot for listening and we will talk to you next week.